We are stage seven at Tour de France, and it's the best one yet. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Stage 7 of the Tour de France, folks. What can I say? It was an absolute epic. Uh, often the short stages are the best stages, and that was very much the case today. People always think it needs to be an epic long stage for it to produce drama, but today proved it definitely does not. Before I jump in and fill you in on all the action from today, let's just remind you to jump on over to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. The Tour de France, it's every single day of the week and it's especially difficult today because I'm actually away from my regular house uh, apartment where I record, where I have my nice little podcasting setup and I'm down the country. So it's challenges like this that make it extra logistically difficult to record the podcast and that's why your support is so, so necessary. So please, I encourage you to jump on over and buy me the price of a pint, the price of a beer, price of a couple of coffees once a month, because that makes all the difference in getting this podcast to you. Okay, it's stage seven of the Tour de France, and I am looking out the window as the sun going as the sun is going down in beautiful Lascanner, County Clare. I'm down here with my girlfriend Sarah for the weekend, doing a bit of work with a local cycling club. But alas, the show goes on. I caught the Tour de France on the iPad in the car on the way down. Caught a little bit before I left, before after my training spin, and then caught up on the rest after I arrived at the destination. And oh my God, what a whopper stage. I couldn't take my eyes off it all day, no matter where I was. I was making sure I was refreshing, getting onto it. You couldn't take your eyes off it. The drama started uh, almost from the drop of the flag today, and we had 168 kilometers. Like, it's it's just over 100 mile, and that's what I mean, that you don't need these crazy epic long stages for drama. We started out in Milou, and we made our way to Lavour. Cavendish won there last time they visited. That was Cavendish's 18th stage win of his 31 overall victories. What a legend. So we're hoping the Cav will get back next year and add to that. Fairly impressive tally. By the way, I've seen Buckman from Bora Hansgrove's top speed today. He had 96.3 kilometers. I'm not sure if you've ever ridden 96 kilometers an hour on a bicycle. It is scary as fuck. I, the fastest I ever went was a stage at a tour of Bose. I think it was back in like 2014 or when I was riding for a Stellis. And I think I hit 112 kilometers an hour on a descent. There's nothing brave about it. It was absolutely terrifying. And yeah, like. I don't encourage you to do it. But yeah, I was just amazed at that. And the lads averaged over 46 today, which was absolutely incredible. But the drama, straight from the off. And really, bike races, they're not virtual. It's not swift, guys. There's a lot of skill goes into bike racing. It's not the strongest guy wins all the time. And Bora proved that today. They took advantage of you know, maybe Bennett's naivety, maybe his momentarily bad position, but definitely we can categorise it as a lack of experience. And Sagan, one of the most experienced tacticians in the peloton, stuck his boys to work, and they put Bennett out the back along with Caleb Yoon and a number of other fast men. 
And the Bora boys went to work like it was a team time trial and Quick Step sent riders back. They tried to basically team time trial Italian Pursuit style. If anyone's ridden an Italian Pursuit on the track, great fun. Two teams starting on opposite sides of the track. They tried it. They tried to chase them down, but just Bora had too much organisation, too much motivation, too much horsepower. And no doubt Sagan and the director in the rear saying go, 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 go. Uh, intermediate sprint Sagan took back his green jersey he came second to Matteo Trentin from CCC Sagan had a few awards after don't think he was best pleased what I thought was cool actually coming up to the intermediate sprint Philippe contested the intermediate sprint and this is where the tactics of the Tour de France are always so interesting and the nuances are so brilliant and if you're not if you're new to the sport or you just kind of watch it you know every now and then sometimes you miss some of those nuances and at times I feel it's unnecessarily complex because it's such a barrier for new people coming in to enjoy the sport. But like today, like Alaphilippe contesting the intermediate sprint to deprive Sagana points. It didn't work, but it was a brilliant idea. Uh, Thomas de Gent, my favourite rider in the peloton, I would say. He's just diehard aggressive. Unfortunately, he fell kind of into that school of tactics that we seen yesterday from uh, that crazed Italian Fabio Aru where it was a bit of a headless attack. I'm not sure what he was hoping for. He got out in between sort of ceasing hostilities from Bora and before the Ineos Grenadiers took it up. The Grenadiers is a cool name, isn't it? Like I said at the start, this is my thing. Is it the Mark Twain quote, I have strong opinions held loosely. That's me. I said at the start, I was refusing to call them the Grenadiers. It's just... it's grown on me so much i feel like just the grenadiers are coming it just they almost sound like gendarme like they would fuck you up and they did they fucked up the peloton they hit it in a crossed hail and if you haven't been in a crossed hail wind line out oh you haven't lived it stings they were trucking and they put gc favorites into real real difficulty and what you'll notice is in a crossed hail wind like that it's nearly easier to ride through because if you don't ride through in the crossed tailwind and you try to sit about 10th wheel, you start getting swamped on the left and swamped on the right from riders coming up. Before you know it, you're back in like P20. And that's when wheels start going. So you're better off riding through because if you keep riding through, it just keeps you naturally in the top five, top six, where it's less likely that a wheel is going to get dropped. And that's what Bernal done brilliantly. That's what Alaphilippe done brilliantly. There were some victims. There were some big, big victims through a combination of punctures, gotten caught behind crashes. Pogacar was one of them. Uh, Pogacha, sorry, I need to get better at pronouncing his name. Pogacha was one of them. Lando was another one. Trentin was another one. Uh, GVA, Greg Van Avermaet was another one. And Richie Port was another one. Oh, the blood on the streets. There's a lot of people pissed off now going into their hotel rooms tonight. At one twenty, they lost in the end, and that is a tough tough pill to swallow very difficult to get that back even though we're heading into the Pyrenees uh, Carapaz for me was I'm not sure if he had a mechanical but I didn't see a mechanical it looked like he just had such bad position at the back of the group weak as piss and he just got spat out it looked to me if anyone else seeing what happened maybe pop it in but I didn't see what happened it just looked like bad positioning Um Pogaccia, he said he tried to close the gap, but the speed was really high. The team gave everything to try and bring me back and do their best to minimise the loss. It's just a minute or so. It's not ideal, but I'm not worried. We'll try another day. I think it's a little naive to say it's just a minute, because a minute is a big, big gap at this sort of level. Uh, like You're talking about getting a minute back 
on riders like Roglic. You're talking about getting a minute back on Tivo Pino and these sort of guys. I don't know. I think he's a bit naive there. The best bike rider in the world at the moment, bar absolutely no one. It's Wout van Aert, the Belgian time trial champion. He has raced 17 race days this year and he's brought home 8 wins. Another win for the big man. Look, it was nailed on for Sagan after all the work his team done, but he's just not as fast as Van Aert. He did appear to slip a gear or have some sort of mechanical in the finish, which deprived him of valuable green points. But yeah, look, Wout Van Aert is a different level. He is untouchable at the moment. You know, winning Milan San Remo, he time trial champion, Dauphiné points jersey. Like, what he can't do at the moment, he can climb Cat 1s. Oh, look, the man is untouchable. Cyclocross world champion. If a kid is looking for somebody to role model, Wout van Aert, don't pigeonhole yourself and thinking, I'm a sprinter, I'm a time trialist, I'm a roller, or I'm a climber. Just do everything like Wout and figure it out along the way. But Wout is still figuring out what he's good at and turns out he's good at everything. Tomorrow, it's stage eight and we are heading for the Pyrenees. Only two Pyrenean stages this year and tomorrow is a big one. We're going over the first category called the Mint. We're going over to Port de Ballet. That's a horse category and we're up to call the Pyrrhusud. Again, another epic. It's only 141 kilometers tomorrow. I love the short stages. They just make for such hard, epic racing. Guys, what a stage. Uh, the tour on occasion can disappoint and it's the most viewed race by a mile and sometimes when we get stages like the other day and yesterday to be honest was a bit of a storm in a teacup as well the gc lads didn't do them any selves any favorites but actually you know what reflecting on yesterday it's not even the gc lads didn't do themselves any favorites the race organizer didn't do anyone any favorites because favors you could easily have finished a race up the top of the climb why descend the climb and then finish it up in some obscure valley it just takes all the drama away from it and there's a word that goes before cycling for these boys and it's professional and every for your rational bike rider like Roglic at every point they're weighing up cost benefit analysis what's the cost in terms of energy if I'm to attack here and what's the benefit and what's the probability of me getting that benefit and it's a constantly weighing it up and when you have a hilltop finish it makes total sense the cost-benefit analysis really stacks up. When you have a hilltop finish, and then you have a descent, and then you're into the valley, it's just a much, much higher cost, much, much lower chance of you getting something out of it. So, unfortunately, we don't get action in those cases, and that's what happened yesterday. Can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait for the Pyrenees. I love the Pyrenees. If anyone hasn't ridden the call of Parasuit, it's a beautiful, beautiful climb. I'll be back tomorrow from my mobile base down here in Lescanor. Anyone's in the County Clare area, hit me up on uh, Instagram and I'm up uh, for the whole weekend. So I'm going to be going down some bike riding, exploring local routes, exploring local coffee shops. Hit me up, slide into those Instagram DMs. Don't forget, guys, the Patreon is what makes this whole thing tick. The Patreon, it just... It, you know, it pays for the host and it pay, it, look, it runs the whole thing. It's we're a Patreon funded crowd. We're 
we're a little commune we're a little uh, social enterprise at the moment so please if you haven't and you're on the fence i would encourage you to jump on over to patreon.com i'm going to put the link there also roadmanresources.com everybody's always asking me anthony what helmet do you recommend what shoes do you recommend these are not brands that i'm affiliated with it's just shit i've used and it's dope so i've stuck a link to all of it in roadmanresources.com guys i'm gonna be back tomorrow for stage eight of the tour de france that was a whopper i'm on a high all night thanks for listening